What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. Man, I'm I'm going to spend some time in the mountains next week, and I, I can't think of a better way to, to kick back Creekside than just with like an ice-cold strawberry sky in my hands, lounging, chilling, listening to the creek roll over, you know, it's just so peaceful. I really, really love living in Colorado because I just, I love all the, you know, the access to wildlife and, and all the scenic views. And there's so many great mountain towns. It's just, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Going to get to spend some time with my younger brother. Just going to be a blast in general. But obviously, going to be consuming quite a few beers throughout the week. Just, you know, it's a vacation. Why not? It's, it's five o'clock when you wake up. It, it's vacation mode. Rules don't apply. You can eat whatever you want. You can drink whatever you want. It's it's just going to be the best. And I already know that I'm not going to have to worry about, you know, finding Breck beers. Because I can just use the Breck beer locator. It's going to tell me the closest liquor store near me with, you know, delicious ice cold Breckenridge beers. And it just takes all the inconvenience out of the entire process. Super clutch, super convenient. For those of you that are in the Denver metro area, you can get some Breck via Davidson's. They've got two locations, one in Highlands Ranch, one in Centennial. Check out their app. They've got all kinds of promos and just super clutch stuff. Shout out to Breck. Shout out to Davidson's. Cool, 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 cool. For those of you that you know listened last week, you know that I was going through the process of moving. Total pain in the ass, man. Total pain in the ass. Is there anything worse than having to, you know, deep clean your old apartment for the for the people that are going to live there next? What a scam, man. This this crap whole apartment that I lived in for a year is, is going to be cleaner, first of all, than when I moved in, but definitely cleaner than at any point that I lived in it and just feels like a little bit of a ripoff. You know, I've got I've got a roommate who doesn't really help with the cleaning very much. It's it is what it is, you know. I'm used to it at this point. Not one of those dudes that constantly is just gonna pick fights over little things, you know. I think if if you're gonna live with someone, you know, you, especially like if you've lived with them before, you you know what you're getting into. You know, you know what everybody's flaws are. You know, you know the things that you like about them, and you just you just gotta make compromises. But anyways, you know, deep cleaning that that apartment just. What a what a ripoff. It sucked. I hated every minute of it. But I'm really glad to be done with it. I hopefully, you know, knock on wood, we'll get my security deposit back. I took good care of the place. Like I said, it's cleaner than when I moved in. So if if they don't, you know, they try and pull some some BS with me, I'm gonna have to come at them hard. I don't I don't know, threat <laughs> come puff my chest out, threaten like I like I know what I'm talking about or something. I, I do have a lot of lawyers in my family. And one judge, actually, though, so I guess that could come in handy down the line, whether it be, you know, with this situation or maybe if uh, maybe if I get arrested for bank robbing or, or something more exciting like that. Who knows? Always, always got to take advantage of the resources available to you. I, I've gone way off the rails here. I did want to quickly shout out the Ram Sanity Show, one of the other CSU podcasts. Uh, they put on a, a tournament scramble, a scramble tournament, I should say, a scramble style tournament over the weekend. 
looked like there was about 20 participants. Really cool. I was actually supposed to participate. Uh, shout out to Chase Eckert, actually. He invited me. He was even going to like pay for my green season and everything, just being a really great dude. I was, I was really looking forward to it, but it was, it was really the only day that I could move the furniture into my new place. I was kind of at the mercy of when it just works for my parents because my dad's got a truck. I drive a little Mazda 3, so unfortunately, I could not participate this time. But any time that CSU fans, you know, unite for for something come together, especially right now, just when we need a chance to be excited, when we need something to be happy about, you know, I'm all for that. So I, I wish I was there. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that they put it on. I think it's really cool. You know, I think we need more things like that. Just moving forward events for the CSU community. And, you know, part of that, that falls on me. I should I should put something together. I just wanted to shout them out, though. I thought it was really cool that that they did that. Shout out to all of you that participated. I'm sure it was a blast. You know, it was, it was a great day for golf. And yeah, just wanted to shout it out. You know what else I'm really, really excited for? The return of Last Chance You. That's right, baby. Season 5, July 28th. I'm so stoked. Definitely one of my all-time favorite Netflix series. I pretty much watch every season available, you know, every summer. It's just one of those where it it gets the football juices going, you know, it gets you in the mood right around, you know, it always comes out at like the end of July or I think sometimes it's come out at the end of June, but it always comes out, you know, in the summer. It's right before training camp with the NFL, right before the start of when college football is usually getting going. And I just think it's such such a great show. The Eastern Mississippi episodes were probably a little more hype. I mean, just in general with with them being, you know, the superpower and they obviously have superior resources to everybody. So I don't necessarily think it was a super just accurate look at what Juco football is like for most people across the country. But I certainly, certainly enjoyed the drama of the two seasons that were there. Buddy Stevens is, you know, quite the character. It's. It's funny, Buddy Stevens really looks like, you know, kind of a, I guess he kind of came off like a, like a bad dude, a little bit of an asshole. And then Jason Brown at first, you know, you think, oh, this guy's a little out there, but, you know, he's kind of unique. It looks like he kind of gets his kids. And then he obviously got in a bunch of trouble as well, said a bunch of really dumb stuff and offensive stuff. And, you know, so he's out of independence, but. I just really, really enjoy any type of behind the scenes access with with anything football. You know, I love hard knocks. I love, you know, the all or nothing stuff. I just I love any anything like that. The QB one stuff. Back in the day, I used to watch Elite 11 when it when it got more coverage on ESPN. Anything football I'm in. And, and that that's definitely the case with Last Chance U. Season five is going to be at Laney College in Oakland, California. So, you know, we started in Mississippi, went over to Kansas. Now we're getting into California. Kind of cool. We get a a lot of different looks at a lot of different types of programs. A former CSU Rams safety, Travis Ford, started his career at Laney College. Not a a super well-known CSU player, but he did, you know, contribute between 2009 and 2010. 31 total tackles, one pass breakup over those two seasons. C.J. Anderson also started his career at Laney College. 
more notably known for his time at Cal and then obviously everything he did with with the Denver Broncos and you know he had kind of that that brief revival with the LA Rams which was which was really cool I'm, I'm a big CJ Anderson fan in general I, I really I think it was like t- 2014 or maybe it was 2013 the first time we got to see him in preseason with the Broncos and I really liked him then and then he got hurt kind of fell back and then obviously was just a huge factor in everything Denver did in that 2015 Super Bowl run. I was at that Broncos Patriots snow game in 2015, the one where Brock Osweiler started and, and CJ Anderson had the game winning touchdown run. One of the most exciting football games I've ever, I've ever been to. So long, long story short, excited to to see, you know, Laney College and where CJ started, where Travis Ford started. Should be fun. Really looking forward to last chance you. Uh, I actually have some contacts with some people that have been on the show before, so hoping to get some of them on the podcast in the next week or two. I'll I'll keep everybody updated with that, but really, really, really looking forward to that, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are too. I'm sure a lot of you are just itching for all things football. I watched Friday Night Lights the other night, the the movie, by the way, not the TV version. I do like the TV version. It's, It's really entertaining. I love some of the actors. You know, Tim Riggins is, is just such a great character. Matt Saracen, QB1, how do you not love him? But I just, I prefer the movie over the TV series. One, there's a lot more family drama in the in the TV series than there is in the movie. And I get it, you got to make it more palatable for the mainstream audience. It was on NBC. You know, you want to you wanna show that everybody can watch, not just the football nerds like me, but I love the football scenes in the movie Friday Night Lights. Some of them are pretty corny, especially at the end. But for the most part, I actually think it's some of the more realistic looking football scenes, especially in practice and stuff. I love the acting performances. You know, Tim McGraw gets a ton of hype for for what he did in The Blind Side. And that was a good performance. But I, I really, really like him in Friday Night Lights. I just think there's a lot more levels to his performance, if that makes sense. Just playing that that guy that lives in West Texas and won the state championship at Permian and then just has nothing else after it. You know, I think the movie just does a better job of really, you know, depicting the hopelessness that that really kind of was synonymous with with West Texas in the 80s, you know, post oil boom, everything had the economy had kind of gone down and just a lot of things not going right. And I think the movie kind of hits on that a little bit better than the TV show does. Part of it is, you know, the TV show is supposed to be modern, but I don't know. I, I just love the movie. I, I do like the TV series and the book is just incredible. It's it's probably my favorite book. I've read it. God, I don't know, 15 times at least. I, I bought it when I was in like the fourth grade. It, it went way over my head when I read it then. So much of it did. And you know, every, every time I read it more, I just I get, get more I get more and more appreciative of, of everything that it covers. I think it's just such such an amazing read. I mean, it's hard to cover a lot of the things that they cover in that. It's a football book, but there's so much more. I mean, it, it touches on, you know, the, the issues with race that were going on in Texas and obviously everything with the economy, like I said, and post oil boom and everything. I just I don't know. It's great. I love Friday Night Lights. It's amazing. I will I will basically never say anything bad about it ever. I just every time I watch it, every time I read it, I like it more. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we are going to get into 
the Miami Marlins situation and, and kind of talk about, you know, should college football fans panic after seeing what happened with the Marlins? If you haven't been paying attention, 13 players tested positive, resulted in the three game delay for the Marlins, canceled a couple other games as well. Just basically a, a, a terrible situation right out, right out of the gate. Just the, the worst case, basically, scenario that you could have. Didn't even make it through the opening weekend. Ugh, super disappointing, but we're going to get into that. Going to kind of compare it to college football, talk about if there's anything that college football can learn from this. Should we panic? All of that stuff. But first, I got to talk about my friends over at DraftKings. The final 22 teams have made their way down to Orlando and are ready to get back out on the court. While the ending to this year's basketball season will be different than years past, there will not be a shortage of excitement. There's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the top-rated sportsbook app. To celebrate the return of basketball, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all users a special odds boost for the first three days of the season. Just bet $20 to win $100 on any team of your choosing. Taking advantage of these slam dunk offers is easy. All you have to do is sign up and navigate the promotion tab within the app. Don't stress if you weren't able to get your bets in before tip-off. DraftKings has you covered with live betting on all games. So dope, so fun. If basketball isn't your game, DraftKings offers great odds and promotions on all sports ranging from MMA to baseball. DraftKings Sportsbook is US-based, making it safe, secure, and reliable. Plus, it's super easy to deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Gotta love it. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code DNVR when you sign up. For a limited time, all users can get a special odds boost to bet $20 to win $100 on a team of your choosing. That code DNVR and boost your odds to $20 to win $100 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's talk briefly about this Marlin situation and how it relates to college football. You know, should college football fans be scared? All of that stuff. Let's just start and, and first off by saying Positive tests were basically inevitable, really in any scenario, even in a bubble situation. But especially without one, you know, there were always going to be positive tests. I think what's particularly discouraging about this, you know, current situation with the Marlins, one, you didn't even make it an entire weekend without, you know, a major outbreak. That That's not very... It doesn't give a lot of hope for for other sports that are not going to be using a bubble scenario. At this point, it's super clear that the bubble system is just the most effective. And I mean, that's that's pretty logical. If if you're limiting your exposure to the outside world, that's obviously the safest way to go about it. The MLS has had quite a bit of success with their tournament. The NHL and the NBA both, you know, early in their return stages, but seem to be having, you know, quite a bit of success with their bubbles as well. It's not possible for college athletics to do a bubble. Too many people who would pay for it. What about school? All of that stuff. Is college football going to (laughs) happen? 
I hope so. I really, really, really hope so. Like I've been saying for weeks, you know, there's so much money at stake. I I think they're going to try really hard to make it happen. But just, you know, looking at this MLB situation, it's pretty clear, you know, positive tests, they're going to be a part of this. So what what can you learn if you're college football? What can you learn from the MLB? Yes, you know, the, the, the positive tests are inevitable. The key, though, you know, it's going to be contact tracing, limiting spreads. When you have positive tests, you got to get those people, you know, away from everyone else. And it's going to be really hard because, you know, for all of this to be viable, you really have to have strict monitorization. You know, you got to be checking systems constantly. I mean, daily, hourly even. And that's just going to be so hard in college football. You know, it's not like the pros where you're, you know, you have the you have great facilities in college football, but you're not there necessarily like all day. You got to go to class. You got to go do other things. Maybe not. I guess if it's online, it's it's just such a weird time. But basically, I think the the big key here is be honest, be responsible, and maybe potentially have some type of medical personnel making these decisions. You know, based on the report from the Philadelphia Inquirer, the the Marlins determined that they were going to play this game on a group chat led by their starting shortstop. You know, look, I'm I'm not trying to demean the players in any way or act like they're not capable of, of making responsible decisions. I mean, clearly they're, I mean, they're risking their own health to play for us in the first place to give us all entertainment. Obviously they make money and, and it's a job and all that too. It's not like they're doing this solely out of the goodness of their heart or anything, but there is, there is a layer to that. I think, Professional athletes, you know, they feel the the weight of the responsibility. They know people are desperate for sports. They want this. And I think part of that probably influences with the, their decisions on, you know, whether they should play or not. There is some responsibility there. They don't want to let the people down. So I don't want this to come off as a situation where it's like, oh, just a bunch of dumb jocks who who weren't, you know, taking COVID seriously or anything like that. I'm I'm not saying that. Because I really, you know, first of all, respect these athletes and, and what they're doing for all of us. But just in general, like, I, I think that's kind of a dumb take. I do, however, it, it, it makes me think that there needs to be some type of independent moderator. There definitely needs to be like medical personnel that are a part of this decision making process. Because, you know, when you get in the heat of competition and, and everything like I just don't know if if the players are going to be able to, you know, rationally just be like, yeah, we're we we probably shouldn't play anymore. You know, some will, but it's clear that you know some, if 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 given final say, are potentially going to make some not so great judgments. And the Marlins probably shouldn't have played on Sunday. And instead of you know getting three games canceled, maybe they cancel Sunday's game. I know that probably would have got super murky and complicated and nobody wants to cancel right off the bat and all of that. So, you know, all of these things have to be considered. And that's why I'm trying not to really make this like, you know, anti Marlins or really rail on them or whatever, because nobody knows how to handle this right now. It's it's uncharted territory. It's it's super murky. I think SVP said it best on Twitter today. You know, when it comes to sports, when it comes to most things in life, who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? I just think it's it it's not great that if 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 it's really true what the what the Philadelphia Inquirer reported that this decision was basically made 
in a group chat, that, that doesn't really seem like the best way to go about this process. That's my major criticism. At this point, though, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to jump off cliffs. I'm not going to say the sky is falling. It, it's it's definitely concerning. It's not a great look, especially for the viability of sports without bubbles. All those things we've talked about. But at the end of the day, like we're just going to have to give this a go and see what happens. Because it's, it's pretty impossible to predict, you know, you can you can try to make all the right decisions and in the media availability last week, Joe Parker credited the the CSU coaching staff and the student athletes for making the right decisions. You know, we talked about how so far the, the main reason that they've been able to get through these workouts and, and not have any type of major COVID, you know, outbreak has basically been because the, the student athletes are making the right decisions when they're away from the team. You know, when they're, when they're working out, they can, monitor everything they can sanitize everything you know they can control everything a lot better than the outside world but most of the time these people are going to be away from the team and that's a lot of responsibility you know to make the right decisions all the time would i have done that at 18 19 years old probably not would i even do that now at 25 years old i don't know maybe not i I probably haven't made every you know correct decision during this pandemic i've definitely been way more conscientious than I've ever been of pretty much everything. But, you know, it's just it's it's going to be a lot on the players if, if college football is going to work. It, it really is. And it's a lot of responsibility on them. I, th- I think they're capable of making some form of college football season work, whether that's conference only, whether that's regional, who knows at this point. I just I don't necessarily think that the baseball situation is the end of the world for college football just yet. Now, if this happens five or six more times, maybe even less, but you know, if this and this becomes like a frequent issue, that's a different story. But let's just see how this whole thing plays out. At least, you know, over the next couple of weeks, next month, let's not let's not panic just yet. All right, we're gonna wrap up today's episode of the podcast. I did want to briefly talk about some things that I'm working on, though. I I did tease this, I believe, on the last episode slightly. I recently got to talk with Ali Farouk-Manesh and J.R. Blunt, CSU men's basketball assistant coaches. Got to talk with each of them individually for about an hour, which it's just, it's just so awesome. I can't stress enough how much better a one-on-one interview is than you know a press conference format, especially over Zoom. It's just so hard. You know, you're, you're all getting the same quotes, and it's just tough to like really create something unique and original in that scenario. Now. I'm not trying to be that guy that like complains or whatever, because look, any type of access that we all can get right now, I'll take it, take it in a heartbeat. And, you know, with someone like Joe Parker, head coach or something like that, where they're getting, you know, a million requests. And I, I get that they just can't do that. It would be such a pain in the ass to have to do, you know, a million Zoom interviews one on one and still manage the team and all that. But when you do get those, you know, more intimate interviews, it's just it's just awesome. So. I think right now I have a plan for three features that are going to come out of this, and I'm really stoked because they're all kind of unique and don't really have anything to do with each other. That was the fun thing about, you know, talking to these guys is we were kind of all over the place, but we got I got a lot of really good stuff out of it, and I just think you guys are going to be stoked. Moving off of that, also going to continue with the all-time Rams roster on the football side. Gotta, gotta hype the big uglies. The offensive linemen never get enough love, and... I'll admit that even I didn't I didn't go quite as deep with the offensive linemen. It's tough. It's really tough to find information on, 
you know, linemen from the 60s, 70s before that. There's just far less stats available. There's there's far less information in general. People just don't, you know, they don't write about the offensive linemen as and even defensive linemen in, in the earlier days as much as, you know, the QBs, receivers. It's always easy to find stuff on the skill guys. Not as easy to find stuff about the offensive linemen, but still uh, got some good stuff in there. I, I went and I interviewed some some linemen from the past, and that helped, you know, just with my perspective and everything. Like I said, it's it's tough. You kind of got to go with what you've seen. So most of the guys, you know, are, are from the from the Sunny Lubick years or some of the more modern guys. But I still think it'll be fun just for Ram fans to go down memory lane. We'll obviously have more podcasts as well. Should have some fun guests. Eddie Hers is supposed to be on the podcast this week. Going to have Dr. Dre, Andre Simone himself. Going to get him on here as well. Really looking forward to that. Also have uh, some surprise guests. Got some stuff I'm working up on that I don't want to give away just yet. But I think you guys are going to like it. And I'm just excited to get back into a, a more regular routine now that I'm finally moved in and stuff. I'm setting up a home studio or I'm trying to never going to be able to compare to the office setup of like Andrew Mason on the Bronco, our guy on the Broncos beat. He has such a dope home office setup, fancy desk and, you know, multiple TVs, just so badass. That's the dream. Someday I'm going to have, you know, sweet kick-ass off home office and multi-screen setup, big old fancy desk. I, that's the dream for me someday. You know, some people, they want like a garage and, you know, eight cars. I don't even need that. I just need a car that functions. I mean, I would like something nicer than what I'm currently driving, but I always have had that dream of just making like a dope home office, hang up your sports memorabilia, multi-screens for watching, you know, football games, March Madness, get a sweet mic set up in there for when you're doing interviews. I don't know. A guy can dream, right? A guy can dream. Right now, I'm basically rocking a, a desk I bought at the Goodwill, you know, bookshelf I bought at Walmart on clearance, but gets the job done. Gets the job done, and that's what counts. And I'm just looking forward to it. You know, we don't, we don't know what's going to happen moving forward. It's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of anxiety for people that are, you know, involved in college athletics. But I will say, no matter what, you know, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be making content for you guys because, you know, we haven't had any sports for the last five months, but we've pressed forward. We've continued to make content, and that's what we're going to do, you know, no matter what. It, as long as it takes, whenever football is back, whenever college sports are back, I will be there. But until then, I'm just going to keep pushing forward, keep, you know, churning out as much stuff as I can. I've got some cool stuff in the works that I'm excited about. And, you know, if you have something that you guys want me to explore, send it my way on Twitter. I'm always open to suggestions. You can comment it as well. Whatever. Email me. DM me. Whatever. All that fun stuff. Shout out to all of you. You know, I hope everybody's out there staying strong. Keep washing your hands. Keep doing the right things. Social distance. Wear a mask. And just keep on keeping on. Much love, y'all.